Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Hey, Todd. Good morning, Dr. Wignall. How are you? Is it a good morning? It's, it's, it's going to be a good morning. It's going to be a good morning. I like it. It's my That's daughter's right. birthday today. Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. Oh, which daughter? Gabriella. Ah, oh, happy birthday, Gabriella. Three years old. Oh, that's cute. She's a cute kid, too. She's pretty cute. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're biased, but... So, yeah, good things happening, but a lot of uh, a lot of not-so-good things happening in the yeah, world, Yeah, there's too. some weird tension in the air, right? There's a little... Yeah, yeah. Um, you might have guessed we're talking about the coronavirus today, and, and specifically um, anxiety around the coronavirus and how to handle that anxiety and manage it a little bit. This was seemed like a pretty timely salient yeah, topic for today. Yeah. I think so. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, so we should probably start with the, the first little like disclaimer, of course, is that, um, you know, ang- symptoms of anxiety can overlap a lot with symptoms of common illnesses, including probably the coronavirus. You know, if, you, if you're getting super anxious and stressed out, you can feel like you have tightness in your chest or trouble breathing or things like that. So you should always talk to your doctor if you think, you know, if you think you've got stuff going on, um, can't hurt to just call in and ask the doctor or talk to a nurse or something like that. Um, cause we're going to be talking a lot about anxiety. And, and like I said, there's a lot of overlap, right. Between, um, symptoms of anxiety and actual kind of medical symptoms mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. Um, of the virus, right? Yeah. The virus itself or, or really any kind of, uh, any kind of illness. Um, so yeah, I thought we'd just, um, kind of swap tips and thoughts for how to manage um, anxiety these mm-hmm, days mm-hmm. with the coronavirus and everything. Um, so you, I, think, I think maybe um, um, too, I would, I would, I would kind of want to start by saying it's okay to feel a little anxious right now. I think it's okay to kind of, for everybody to be cautious. I think it's okay that everybody's feeling a little, th- this is kind of a really useful emotion. Um, and so I hope our discussion is, is geared towards um, somewhat normalizing some of these feelings and discussing how they might be useful in a way. You stole my first point. Oh, dang. <laughs> Sorry. So no, I, I kind of wanted to set a tone of like, yeah, yeah, this is, it's okay. Yeah. So go ahead. Sorry. To- no, no, I mean, I think that's, it's good that we both kind of bring it up because, mm. um, you know, you have, we have, we experience anxiety for a reason mm-hmm. a lot of time. You know, we have a, a portion of our brains dedicated to, detecting and reminding us of potential threats in our environment. And there are definitely threats going on yeah, in the environment yeah. right now. Well, and, and um, by nature of what's going on, you know, uh, not only is the virus a threat, but, you know, this spreads so easily that the whole kind of quarantine and social distancing strategies around um, kind of other people as potential carriers of this. And so there's threats kind of everywhere. And yeah. so it's, it's okay to kind of be a little edgy right now. And then, and second order threats too, right? Like if you're looking at your um, stock portfolio, it's probably not looking real good right now, right? We don't really know what's going to, the fallout of all this when it comes to economics and politics and just bigger. So there is plenty of stuff to be afraid of Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think that's very normal. I think that's a really good point. Um, And so one of my, I think my first tip is to deliberately make time to validate that for yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and validation is just fancy therapist speak for remind yourself that it's okay 
to feel however you're feeling. Yeah. Um, but especially anxiety, you know, you, you, you may find yourself, um, with exaggerated levels of anxiety or you find like you're, you're worrying a ton and you know, it's not helpful and it's just making you more anxious. Mm-hmm. Even so though, I still think you can, you can take a minute and say, okay, you know what? I know this isn't helping, but it's not surprising that my mind <laughs> right. is kind of going in this yeah. direction. It's not I, hard to see how I got here. No, yeah. I do want to do something else, but there's nothing wrong with me because I'm worrying. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Very good it's point. a very good natural thing to do in a situation like this. Yeah. I think um, that's, that's kind of a good point along the lines of um, really understanding that your emotions are crucial bits of information too, you know, and, and right now, um, I think Dr. Wignall would agree. It's it's a better thing to be focused on what's going on around you and in front of you than it is to be um, worrying about your worry and mm-hmm. and and judging yourself about how uh, stressed out you are or anxious you are. That's a that's a no win proposition for everyone. So judging those emotions right now isn't going to be effective. It's better to just kind of validate yourself and say, yeah, uh, you know, it's easy to see how one can potentially yep. start worrying here. And, um, once I catch it, you know, I kind of want to do something a little different, but it's okay that I got there and there's nothing wrong with me that, that I, that I'm worried right now. Um, it's a worrisome kind of time. And that's my experience. Just, I mean, it's my job working with people with anxiety, but my overall experience is very much that the better you are and the, the more of a habit you have of validating your anxiety and reminding yourself that, however uncomfortable this feels or however much you want to do something different besides worrying, if you can remind yourself that it's okay to feel that way, you have a much better chance of actually redirecting your energy and attention to something that's productive and healthy. Mm -hmm. So -hmm. the degree to which you can kind of escape from worry that's not helpful or move on from anxiety that isn't doing you any good, that's directly proportional in my experience to how well you can validate for yourself that I don't like this, but it, it's okay yeah. that I'm worrying. Yeah. And I would like to do something different. Yeah. I, I would say not only kind of distract yourself from worry or, or, but I, I would even say accept that that's probably going to be part of mm-hmm. what's going on. Accept it. And, and I think to your point, the more you can accept that this is okay, um, the better you'll be needing to handle whatever you're going to need to handle. So, right. um, focus a lot on what's going on in front of you and around you and not about, how you're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, we're in a probably once in a lifetime, hopefully once in a lifetime yeah, yeah. situation right now. What could make more sense than your brain's fear system being on high alert? Yeah. Yeah. Very, like it's, very good. We'll point. talk more about how to try and keep that at a healthy level, but it's really important to just validate for yourself. It makes sense if you just, your brain is throwing worries at you and you're finding yourself more anxious and stressed. Yeah. It's that, completely normal. It means your brain's operating like it should. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in these times, it means kudos for you. It's working right. Right. You know, the, the, like we're, we're really, this is something you need to pay attention to. So um, I think it's a good idea to orient to that and realize, man, if I'm anxious, then, then things are working well. Yeah, things are now like Dr. Wigner was saying, we want to talk about how to keep that within uh, a functional operational kind of zone um, for yourself. But man, you know, this is exactly what your nervous system was designed for. So pat yourself on the back and realize you got a system that's working that just might help you here. Yeah. So let's talk now about kind of 
unhealthy levels of, or unproductive, maybe is a better way to think about it, levels of anxiety and worry. I think we all have a sense that to some degree it's good to be more on guard, more vigilant, maybe even a little more worried during Mm -hmm. times like this. Mm -hmm. But obviously that can go to an extreme. We've all had that experience of just sitting around worrying endlessly, getting more and more anxious and stressed, and it not really doing anything productive. Right. So what are your thoughts on sort of how to manage your worry and anxiety when it gets to that stage? You know, my, my first thought about worry always is, is, is the topic of your worry with, within the bounds of your control. Hmm. You know, if you are, are, are worrying about a lot of things that are just totally outside your control, um, good indication that, that, uh, that might be unhealthy or, or dysfunctional in a way or not functional, let's say, mm-hmm. um, now, again, there's all sorts of things that are beyond our control right now that everybody's worried about. It's okay to worry and to think about those things. You just probably don't want to stay in that loop for very long uh, because thinking about things endlessly for a long period of time that you can't control, probably not going to help. Yeah, that's, I think it's a good idea to distinguish and helpful thinking or problem solving from worry. Right. And, good, good point. Good point. And I think that word looping is the, maybe the best way to distinguish them. Worry tends to be, you go over and over and over the same thing and you're not getting any new information or, or able to do anything helpful as a result. A- another sign might be that you're just feeling worse and worse, more and more anxious. Yeah. Right. Yeah. With, with no corresponding benefit. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause usually problem solving will come with some sort of, at least a relief or assurance or whatever. Yeah. So if you're, if you're productively thinking that's should help, but if you're worrying, you're probably going to feel more and more anxious as time goes on. Right. Yeah. So I like your tip about, um, it, you know, kind of thinking about, is this something I can, contr- is it something I can control? Is it something helpful? Is it, does it have this kind of, um, or does it have this looping kind of endless, nothing's getting better, but I'm getting more and more anxious kind right. of quality to it. That's definitely worry. And that's when you want to do something different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think, so one kind of strategy or little habit, um, that I've found really helpful for worry is it's a little counterintuitive, but it's very helpful and it's called scheduled worry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the basic idea is it can be really helpful, um, to schedule a dedicated time each day. Once a day is good, especially when, when your worry is really high to worry on purpose. Now this sounds counterintuitive, <laughs> but the analogy I like to use is if you're if you got a new dog, a new puppy, right? And he's running around the backyard and it's pooping all over the place on the grass, on the deck, on the, you know, in the flower bed, right? How do you train your dog to poop in the right place? The little corner of the yard where you want it to poop. And I think we've talked about this, but it's worth, it bears repeating. You, you can't just yell at your dog to stop pooping on the lawn, right? It doesn't understand. Right. The right. only thing it responds to is training, mm-hmm. right? You have to, and you can't just train it to not poop in every single place of the yard. You have to train it to poop in the right place. Mm-hmm. Right. So we can use that metaphor as a way to think about how do I encourage my brain to stop throwing worries at me all the time throughout the day when it's not helpful and to try and constrain that worry to a specific time. And the way you do that is you create a dedicated time to worry mm-hmm. where you worry on purpose and you worry hard, but you worry with limits and boundaries. Yeah. So all you, it's relatively simple. All you do is you, you schedule 10 minutes sometime, usually in the evening, but not too close to bed is a good time to do it. And you sit down with a pen and paper, or you can do it on a notes file on your phone. And you just list everything you're worried about. 
lit, like it's kind of like a brainstorming session. You're not writing essays or trying to solve any kind of problems or solve your worries. You're just getting them all out. Mm-hmm. You're just transcribing what's in your head and putting it down on paper. Mm-hmm. And it's fast. It's messy. You're writing little phrases and sentences. You're not writing big paragraphs or dissertations. Right. Um, and you just get them all out. And you, and you do it anything. It could be everything from the what happens if I catch the coronavirus to... Um, you know, I'm worried about, you know, my dog to a big, small, whatever. Right. And for those 10 minutes, you set a timer on your phone and you just try and get them all out. And then when you're done, you kind of close it up and say, all right, that's been my time. And if you do this over a few days, it, it really does start to train your brain that this is the appropriate time to worry. Mm -hmm. And it makes it easier in those non-appropriate times to kind of tell your brain, like, look, we've got this time for it. So I'm not going to do it right now, but we will get to those. It's, it's really a form of validation. You're mm-hmm. validating for mm-hmm. my hate. I appreciate that you're letting me know about this. Now's not a good time, but we will get back to it later. Yeah. And I, I have, when people have actually done this and implemented it for a while, I've never seen this not help dramatically for chronic worry. It's a pretty good, pretty good practice. Yeah. So I think it's first as if you want something kind of practical, that you can just a little routine that you can do if you find yourself worrying a lot unhelpfully. Yeah. I think scheduling time to worry on purpose is um, it's a little counterintuitive, but hopefully the way we've described it makes it a little, gives it some sense. Yeah, um, you know, I, I would one of my tips would be to to allow your your worry or your anxiety to cue action, um, but but very specific action. And here's what I mean. Let's say you're worried about family members that are in other parts of the world right mm-hmm. now, and you start worrying about them. You can catch and identify that that worry loop, and and that you're worrying, and it may be un, ineffective right there. I would focus then your attention on that value that you have, family and those loved ones, and mm-hmm. say, what can I do there? I can I can call them, I can text them, I can write them a letter, I can do these things, and and focus your your behavior towards something that could kind of touch base with that value or, or connect with that value um, instead. So it, it's a more directed kind of approach. If you're worried about um, you know, your, your kids and um, how they're going to take the, the, the reaction to the coronavirus or the, the quarantines or the self social distancing, you can worry about that all you want, I would say maybe back off from that worry and then focus your energy on talking to your kids and really kind of um, helping them understand uh, what's going on and why and uh, connecting with them, spending time with them, especially, or, you know, some of those things. So you can use your worry to identify values, things that you really care about. And then I would direct behavior towards really kind of strengthening those values and and um, connecting to those things without the ineffective worry that's a great point i you know people often ask me like i know i should stop worrying because it's making me anxious but how do you stop worrying it just seems to happen and it's a good question because it is hard sure Um, sure but in my experience the the two things that make it easier to disengage from worry are the one we talked about before validation validating that it makes sense and that it's okay that you're worrying even if you don't want to do it anymore um and then two is what you just described it's easier to let go of something when you have another target for mm-hmm. your attention and your behavior, something right. that's really important and clear and specific and something you have control over. Yeah. Right. Oftentimes we worry because we feel like we don't have any other options, mm-hmm. but if you can create an alternative option for yourself, for what you do with your mind and with your behavior, I think it can, that can make it a lot easier to get out of that worry loop. 
Yeah. Well, and, and the, the worries are interesting. They're, remember, I kind of feel like your your emotions basically are information uh, signals, right? And so the worry is, is really interesting at this point because it, it will identify your values for you hmm. right now. It will tell you exactly what your values are. And there are ways to connect with that value that are way more meaningful than the worry loops. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great one. So um, an, another kind of my last one that, that I think is helpful, the um, times like these, our relationship with the news and media is complicated. <laughs> this was my third point. <laughs> uh, well, good. We can both, <laughs> we can both riff on it. Um, so obviously we need to stay informed right? Very Especially with, with something like this that's so unknown, right? There, there's so many unknowns with this. It's something, you know, there, there's very little precedent for this. It is important to stay um, to stay abreast of what's going on and have good sources for information, um, for sure. So staying just with your doctor, having good kind of news outlets that, that let you know about, you know, any kind of changes or what we should be doing differently. However, just like, you know, problem solving or thinking about things that are potentially dangerous can be useful. There's also a kind of a dark side of it. Like worry is this sort of unhelpful version of thinking and problem solving. Mm -hmm. I think you can have too much exposure to the news and media too, in the same way that you're, you're not getting, you know, if you, let's say, imagine two people, one person watches, you know, two hours of news, once in the morning and once in the evening, right? To kind of stay abreast of what's going on. And then another person watches six hours of the news, basically almost constantly throughout the day, mm -hmm. right? Is the person who watches six hours really going to get that much more benefit and information compared to the person who watches two hours? Probably not, but you're going to get way more stress and anxiety, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Because all you're seeing is really terrible, stressful stuff. And so it's, it's just important to think through the kind of the cost to benefit ratio here. Yeah. You know, yeah. watching the news and being exposed to the media, it is going to take a toll on you. And some of that is worth it because we need good information, but you got to think about there, there's sort of the law of diminishing return comes into play here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think it's really important to think through boundaries with the news and media and being really intentional about how much of that you do. So that's my kind of my high level thought. You, what do you think? No, I, I agree. I think you're, th this point is, um, I, I think you can't put a finer point on this point. Um, one of my favorite sayings of all time is, um, it's the dose that makes the poison. Um, meaning you, you know, some things you need a lot of, some things you need a little mm. of. If you don't get a lot of something, it could be bad for you. If you get too much of something, it could be bad. But this is a time, I think, where you want the right dose of media. Right. Too much of it can make you a nervous, anxious, worrying wreck. Too little of it means you're not informed enough and you're not paying attention to what's going on. Right. So you really do want to be informed and pay attention. And that's what your anxiety is telling you right now. Pay attention. Right? That's the most beautiful thing that our... our our systems are designed for, our bodies are designed for this. We have a signal that just tells us pay attention. It's not saying anything's, you know, catastrophically wrong right now. It's not, it, it's just saying pay attention. And, that, and, and, and so to, to be able to look at that and say, I do need to pay attention to the news. I do need to be informed. But if I spend six hours looking at the news, I am endlessly taking in 
information and, and people's opinions and things like this that are scary and serious. And so you just like having endless worry, these worry loops of what if, and these catastrophic predictions. Um, if you're just watching the news all day long, um, unfortunately you'll, you'll probably react a lot more, uh, with anxiety and stress than if you're just well-informed. And, and I think we all probably want to be well-informed right now. And I would, I would definitely even go so far as to say, watch what kind of media you're paying attention to, because what I think we all need right now is information and not opinion. Hmm. We need good information. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. So there's no, I don't know that there's a guideline for everybody, but I think it's just important that you kind of ask yourself that question of what's mm-hmm. the, what's mm-hmm. the right dose of media and information right. for me. And there's probably a good chance you're, you're erring a little, well, you, you just, you're probably erring too far one way or the other. And it's worth kind of questioning is my default maybe a little off. Should it be a little bit more in yeah. one direction? Yeah. Um, and so I, I think it's, it's a good thing to just kind of check in on that periodically and then, and then just set some rules for yourself. I think that's important too. Like don't make this all theoretical, just have some guidelines for yourself. Like I, again, I was talking to a, a client who, um, what they set this guideline for, I'm going to watch the news. They watch cable news. That's how they get their news mm-hmm. for an hour in the morning. And then like an hour after dinner and that's it. Mm-hmm. That's when mm-hmm. I'm watching the news. Yeah. Um, but you, you might, for you, it might be social media or, you know, the newspaper or whatever. I don't know. It could be something different, um, yeah. but just try out some rules for yourself and, and see if they work. And if they don't adjust them a little bit, but it's good to have sort of protocols for ourselves. Yeah, or if it, you made a good point, just be mindful. I mean, I mean, I don't know what the right amount is for everybody. I don't have, you know, a, a general recommendation right now. I think you need to be informed, but at least be mindful of how much your news intake is impacting you one way or the other. Um, and, and think about it. I think ask yourself those questions, you know, am I... Am I doing too much or too little? And, and what do I think here? You know, and, and be critical about that. And um, I don't know what the right amount for is, is for everybody, but I think it's okay to, or I think it's, I, I would encourage you to just question it. Yeah. And 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 if you arrive at the, the any kind of decision there, follow through. Right. Yeah. Okay, I have, I have one final sure. idea that came to mind. Um, it's kind of general, but I think this is, one of those things everybody knows, but it's easy to lose track of. And that is during times of high stress, it's more important than ever to stick to positive habits. Mm-hmm. And especially mm-hmm. the, the, the big ones I think about are um, diet, exercise, sleep. And then my fourth one would be kind of social, yeah. inter- quality social interaction. Yes. So it's really easy when, when times get stressful, we just kind of like let ourselves go. You know, a lot of these things just go out the way. We stop exercising. We start eating like crap. We, you know, our sleep schedule gets all over the place where we spend all our time worrying about loved ones and we don't actually reach out and talk to them. <laughs> um, so it's, you really got to be mindful, I think, during times like this to now is when you need those good habits more than ever. You need to be eating healthily. You need to be sleeping well. You need to be exercising and of course, there are going to be restrictions, right? right. These Can't are strange the times. Can't go to the gym. But You're going to have to be flexible. Go outside. And adapt. Away from people. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> right? But if, if you normally like to do, you know, spin classes at the gym, yep. that's obviously out. Yep. Right? But that doesn't mean you can't start doing, you know, push-ups on your deck outside. You Air know, or like... in your living room. Whatever it takes. Yeah, whatever. But yeah. You know, I've, I've been telling, you know, 
as people can imagine, our, our clients are anxious right now. Everybody is. And I've been encouraging people to kind of, you know, look at this like, hey, this is what's happening. This is what's going on. I can make this as miserable or as good as I can. It's going to be what it is. I mean, it's going to be challenging, but man, you can really, you know, stop working out and stop doing these things and, 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 and really have a rough time or take care of yourself and, and manage some of this as best you can yeah. um, and, and make that effort. And, and uh, hopefully we get through this in, in, in good shape and, and, in, in, in a positive direction. So, yeah. And, and, you know, hopefully we turn the corner in a few weeks, um, and things start getting a little bit back to normal. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in which case you're, you're going to need a lot of energy to <laughs> right. get your life going again. To get going right. Again. Yeah. And you are not going to have that energy if you've been eating like garbage, not sleeping well, not exercising and literally socially isolated. Right. Right. For a month. Right. Like it, you're just going to make it hard on yourself. So, Really, whether things get worse or better, you're going to need good energy, and, yeah. and that's going to come from maintaining good habits. So, if you're home quarantined, whatever, treat it like your job to yeah. maintain those good habits. Yep, yep, and, and put some structure in your day. You know, it, it's, it's going to be weird. You know, if you're if you're in quarantine, but put structure in there as best you can. Entertain, you know, read, you know, do what you can and make it as good experience as you possibly can. Pay attention. And uh, you'll you'll be more apt to react should you need to, right? Uh, than if you're not taking care of yourself. Um, it's definitely a weird time. We'll get through it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, hopefully everybody uh, does well out there. Take care of yourselves. Hey everyone, Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance, and if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.